0: Hello, managers, and welcome to another episode of the 12 Angry Teams podcast. This week, I'll be introducing all of you fine folk to each other so everyone has an idea of who they hate and why. Helping me out today is the lovely Callista Cody.
1: Hi, Daniel. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on.
0: So, Callista, your team's name is Pigskin Skull Plaintiffs. It uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Could you explain?
1: It makes plenty of sense, actually. It's a pretty brilliant name I came up with all on my own. Um, as you know, in tort law, there is the idea known as the eggshell skull plaintiff. And, you know, the idea if you hurt someone and he's got a weak skull, and even if it wouldn't have hurt a normal person, it hurts him, blah, 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 you still got to... You got to pay up. Um, I just changed it around to pigskin skull plaintiff.
0: I see. Sounds vaguely like a litigation thing. And, of course, a waste of time.
1: Well, I, I really wanted to mix a legal you know, and a football term together. Um, it's no well-hung jury or uh, the classic illegal motion to dismiss, but I, I think it's, it does the, the job.
0: Speaking of illegal motion to dismiss, let's introduce our first manager. Illegal motion to dismiss is managed by your younger brother, One Cameron Ring. Now, am I correct in my understanding that Cameron is not a lawyer?
1: Correct. Cameron is not a lawyer, um, to my mom's devastation, um, but he is a fantasy football fan, and that's that's what this league's all about, really.
0: Uh, 50-50. Now, is it true that you were upset bringing Cameron home from the hospital after he was born?
1: Um, this is allegedly true. I've never actually um, received any evidence that this is the case. I think it's just a parent's my. St- a story my parents like to tell but um that is allegedly the case yes
0: okay a lot of use of the word allegedly now a legal motion to dismiss has a one and two record but they're favored to win this week currently standing at 164 points against please fix thanks 135 points uh looks like cameron might squeak in a victory here but in my opinion, he's not truly competitive in this league. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, he, he came out strong with a first week win, and I believe he had high score of the week. No. Or at least he was a contender for high score of the week. But then, Yes, in
0: week one, he unfortunately got beat out by the superior team, the prosecution, <laughs> for high score of the week.
1: Well, yeah, and then he went on to lose the next two games. Now, I don't want to fault him too much because I did that exact thing where I won week one and then lost the next two games. But he's got, you know, he's got Debo Samuel on his team. He's got Lockett. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. Those are those are contenders, you know? Those are good players. So I, I think he's, he's in this.
0: So let me phrase the question this way. In my latest power rankings, I had him ranked at number eight. These rankings will be updated soon. Uh, Do you disagree with my ranking? Number eight for a legal motion.
1: I think for a week three power ranking, uh, that was the correct spot to put him in.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so flipping over to the other side of the match, we have Please Fix Thanks, managed by one Steve Van, I believe it is. Stavon. Stavon. Benet. Um, Now, as far as I understand, Stavon Benet is a lawyer To the extent that you can call someone who graduated from Michigan Law School a lawyer. Correct. Now, uh, is it true that I believe Stevens working in New York uh, with O'Melveny and Myers? Yes. Okay, beautiful. A firm that's actually headquartered in our beautiful home city of Los Angeles. Um, But he wound up on the wrong coast. It's unfortunate. Uh, Now, Please Fix Thanks has, you know a 2-1 record. So he's better than his opponent, though he's poised to lose. We'll see if Thomas Brady can uh, really rack up some points against his former team, the New England Patriots.
1: Well, if anybody can bring a team back from this sort of defeat, it's Tom Brady.
0: That's true. He is known to snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat. Now, Please Fix Thanks was number five, the perfect middle section in my power rankings last week. How do you feel about that? Would you move him? And if he loses this week, how would you adjust the rankings?
1: Well, at a 2-1 record and about to go 2-2, I think middle of the pack is about right. I was pleasantly surprised with Steven's performance, especially because he's not really a football guy. He's more or
0: really a lawyer.
1: <laughs> not really a lawyer, not really a football guy, more of a baseball guy, and you just hate to see that in a fantasy football league of very intelligent people, but um, I'm, I'm rooting for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta give him the credit just for trying. Exactly. You know? Um... By the way, if anyone's looking for some pro bono work, if someone could teach Steven football, that'd be great. Um, All right, so moving right along, I'll put myself on the chopping block um, in my matchup with the Washington fantasy football team. I'm uh, currently an underdog, which is incredible because Washington fantasy football team is number 10 in my power rankings whilst I the only undefeated team in number one. A lot of pressure. The Rams pretty much fell apart today. You saw a lot of the Rams game. Um, A lot of questionable coaching decisions by McVeigh. I'll be writing him a strongly worded letter that's sure to get blocked at some lower level. Um, But I think (laughs) our devoted listeners know me. Uh, But it's really Washington fantasy football team I want to talk about. Now they're managed by one Scott Jorgensen. Am I, am I saying that right? Jorgensen?
1: That's correct. Scott Jorgensen.
0: Interesting. All right. So, number 10 in the power rankings. Uh, how do you know Scott? Why is he in this league?
1: <laughs> well, Scott is a UVA law buddy. A great, what was he, second baseman in softball. You know, we're very proud of him. Um, honestly, I, I find myself rooting for Scott in this game. You, When you see the only 0-3 team going up against the only 3-0 team, I think the people are rallying around Scott winning. Um, but look, he's got Dak Prescott. I've got him in another league, so I root for him. Travis Kelsey's got the number one tight end. Buccaneers, they're supposed to be a good defense this year, I hear. I think, you know, an 0-3 start is not a death sentence for Scott.
0: Well... The Washington Fantasy Football team, interestingly enough, if they had played my schedule, they would be 2-1 and one instead of 0-3. Oh Does that affect your uh, the way you view the Washington Fantasy Football team?
1: Well, it definitely affects the way I view your team, um, because now I know that it's not really skill and intelligence that brought you here, but the luck
0: of the draw. You know I'm the one who edits these, right? <laughs> All right. Um, now, before we get off the topic of Scott Uh, I would like to point out that Scott we can't tell you what law firm he works for because he has decided to go into public service Um, which you might not know unless you know him well because he really doesn't bring it up all that often unlike another owner we will get to later Uh, he's a strong fantasy player he's uh, played fantasy for a long time I know he's in a lot of competitive leagues Unfortunately, he also has that sickness where you like, what was that other sport? The one with the tiny ball? Baseball? Yes, he likes baseball and is in baseball fantasy leagues for some reason. So maybe whoever helps out Steven could also donate some of their time to Scott. Just kind of coach him up on uh, football. So, the next matchup we've got to discuss is the Fertile Oxygenarians versus Magic Grits. Currently, Magic Grits is favored to win. They're leading by about 42 points, and uh, each team still has a few players left to go. So, the Fertile Oxygenarians, let's get to them. They are managed by one Steven Bonoel. Uh Steven is a standout in that he went to UVA Law with us, and uh, as I understand it, he interviewed for a number of firms that were only hiring for New York City and Washington, D.C., and somehow wound up with a job in London.
1: Yeah, in classic Steven fashion.
0: But as I understand it, he's now uh, stuck in London where they don't care about the NFL. I'm. Not sure I'm reading this card right because it doesn't make any sense.
1: They have to put American in front of the word football because football for them is soccer, and it's I, I don't I don't want to talk about it anymore. All
0: right, yeah, honestly, doesn't merit any further conversation. So, Stephen Bonnewell currently stands at a two and one record. Looks like he's going to lose this week, moving him to two and two. In my power rankings, he is number four, just ahead of the other Stephen. Uh, Devan. Um, two and one. So he's got Kyler Murray. That's great. He's got a little McLaurin. Also impressive. He's got some Mike Evans and Mike Williams. He likes the Mike. Would you move him out of the fourth position? And if he falls to two and two, how far down the rankings would you suggest dropping him?
1: I mean, you interestingly skipped over Ezekiel Elliott, who was a, you know, what, top six pick in the draft for
0: some inexplicable reason <laughs> i realize he had a great week this week but you know forget about it
1: i think steven belongs in the top six um you know two and two is respectable at this point in the season you know he's got as many wins as losses nothing to complain about considering there's going to be people who go one and three after this game
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so
1: yeah i think he's a, he's a contender
0: now, on the other side of the ball, we have Magic Crits, managed by Anthony Jadik. But unfortunately, before we can talk about Anthony and his team, we have some other things we need to get to. <laughs> so we'll get back to that. Um, first, let's deal with our next matchup, Vandalay Industries versus Tijuana Panthers. Now, at the moment, CBS is so confident that Tijuana Panthers is going to beat Vandalay that the Tijuana Panthers are a 99% favorite with Vandalay having a bleak 1% shot at winning. Uh, It all rides on Rob Gronkowski, uh, who is out this week, (laughs) which frankly does not reflect well on Peter's management. Now, my first question would be, uh, Peter is one of only two managers in this league to have children. He's one of the only two fathers in this league. After watching the way Peter put an inactive player into the starting lineup, do you question his ability to raise children?
1: I mean, playing Gronk when he's out is a a bold move. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Um, but no, this makes me doubt everything about Peter. I think it's also important to uh, name that he's the second oldest member. Of he is the- old. He's very old, so, um, you know, you want to you cut him some slack, you know. Yeah, we I mean, how
0: would he know to use the internets to check on Gronk's exactly. status today?
1: I mean, somebody who didn't know football, who just glanced at their team, you know, a day before the games, would know to switch out an inactive player um, for Literally anybody else. Also, a
0: decade ago, you know, when Pete was in his thirties, Gronk was really good. So it makes sense that Pete would want to start. That's him. true.
1: He clings to the past, and you know, it's it's obvious from his from his play. I mean, he's one and two. He's about to go one and three. Um, I mean, I, I'm nervous for Pete. I think he belongs. You know, I think you generously had him at six. Well. In both me that was because I Pete was That's just Pete
0: was just getting his first victory now Kemp, could you remind me who that was against how did Pete <laughs> end up winning a game
1: yeah Pete did get his first victory against me which is devastating because I I do nothing but root against Pete you know he's very old and I I, I just attack you hate him the elderly the time. no is just, what Pete. I'm just Pete. just oh just Pete just um, some specific elderly you know people. Scott's around a similar he's similar age as Pete and you you never know but um I think Pete's going to have to drop a lot in the power rankings after this week's showing. I
0: mean, I certainly think that's a possibility if he's not even going to attend to his lineup.
1: Exactly. Now,
0: um, just to clarify for you know those who don't know, how is it that we know Pete? How did he end up in this league?
1: Ah, Pete is also a UVA law grad. He's one of the buddies. Um, yeah, he's one of the gang.
0: Now, what else is there to say about Pete? I think um, he plays an instrument.
1: Oh, that's right. Pete has a PhD in... Saxophone? Piano.
0: All right. Hey, uh, Elton John played piano. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Uh, Freddie Mercury. So, great skill to have in the 1970s. -hmm. Um, I'm sure Pete was a big hit back then.
1: Just like Gronk on your fantasy
0: team. Exactly. Uh, So true. All right, so flipping over to the other side of the ball uh, in the matchup, Vandalay Industries versus Tijuana Panthers. Uh, Tijuana Panthers is managed by one, oh, this is a mouthful, Lance Bryant McCaskey?
1: That is correct. I believe he goes by LB.
0: Or Pounds. How do we know LB?
1: LB is another UVA law grad, one of the gang, and uh, he, I believe, is clerking... Right now, in.
0: Yes, correct. Much like exactly. Scott, LB is not at a firm. LB is currently doing public service. However, unlike Scott, he brings it up constantly and expects the country's gratitude. Um, he's also loyal to a fault to PBR, somehow winning the Metro Dome matchup, something I'm still devastated by, seeing as the inferior beer squeaked out of victory.
1: I can't help but root against LB. You know he's he's arrogant, and you know he he has a right to be. He's he's good one of those guys. He's good at everything, and you just you just hate him for it. You know, so I was really happy to see a loss the other week, and um, devastated to see a to see a win here. But it is against Vandalay Industries, so nothing to worry about yet.
0: Which in my podcast with LB, we nominate, nominated, <laughs> nominated Vandalay Industries. For most likely to win the horse's ass award Ooh. this season because again uh, much like starting the inactive rob gronkowski in the eighth round he drafted the out for the season gus edwards a fact which is probably going to keep coming up in this podcast
1: look i mean pete's heart isn't into it you know he's not he's not here to play he's not leaving it all out on the field is he's it, just going through the motions
0: it seems like he's distracted by his toddler and his pregnant wife
1: you know what? You can make the, all the excuses you want, but at the end of the day, if you can't even set a lineup, then what are you doing in this league?
0: That's a good point, especially for a man who's basically running his own off the record casino. All right, let's get on to our next matchup um, Pigskin Skull Plaintiffs versus Well Hung Jury, Daughter versus Father. So let's start with well-hung jury, managed by one Lawrence Ring. Now, well-hung jury, what do you have to say about them? They are currently sitting at number nine in my power rankings.
1: That's about right. I think low, low to very low is where um, well-hung jury belongs. I mean, he's He's put up a, a rough showing. I mean, he had one good game last week, was it? But earlier in the season, he was he couldn't even get over a couple points. And, uh, you know, he's about to go 1-3. And, and, you know, I don't want to harp on my own team, but two of my players left the game with an injury. So two of my players put up zero, and I am still going to be well-hung jury handily. And, you know, there's a lot of people to blame. Chris Carson didn't do well. Um, Aaron Jones didn't do well. Young Koo, the kicker, is just turning out to be a disappointment. The Bengals' defense. I mean, it's just, you you can't rely on Lamar Jackson to carry your team. You know, he's no Mahomes.
0: I completely agree with that as a diehard Chiefs fan. Uh, I'd also point out that well-hung jury has now become the first team in the league to fail to pass the century mark twice we're only four weeks in, and two weeks he scored less than 100 points.
1: And it's a PPR league, and at that point, they're just throwing points at you. Right. So what's it's, your excuse?
0: Honestly, if you were on draft day, challenged to draft a team that would score less than 100 points twice in the first four weeks, it'd exactly. be hard you to couldn't do. You could do it. Yeah. No, it'd be, it'd be really difficult. And um,
1: I'd like to point out that he sat... A player who got 34.6 points, and another player who got 17. All if he had played any one of these players, he most likely would have won. At least easily, he, he could have won
0: handily. In fact, uh, Well Hung Jury has scored 94.7 points, whilst his bench has scored 81.3 points. To put another way, if Well Hung Jury had played his bench this week, it would have been a tight game.
1: Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, what, what this shows you is it wasn't just the luck of the draw, it was bad coaching.
0: You're right. Yeah, at that point, you've got to blame the manager when you're leaving 81 points on the bench. Um, but that's enough about well-hung jury. Let's talk about the man behind the team, Larry. Uh, how do we know oh, Larry?
1: Yes, Larry is my father, and uh, a housemate at the moment. So it's it's been a fun fantasy season over here. Sundays are a hoot.
0: During the week while Callie's off at work, I like to play Madden with uh, Larry. He loves it because he, get, he starts to miss that feeling of a disappointing loss between fantasy matchups. So I give that to him throughout the week. Um, now, Larry, uh, when he was still working... He was part of the Hollywood machine, uh, known for such films as National Treasure and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, he
1: wrote those movies. It was incredible. We were so amazed.
0: If you watch to the very, very end of the credits uh, for National Treasure and Pirates of the Caribbean, you will see Larry Ring's name. you got to get past, you know, gaffer concessions.
1: Extras.
0: Extras. The
1: logos at the very end of the The credits.
0: people on the street who literally just walked past a sign that said by walking past the sign you consent to be in this movie. Um, and then eventually Larry Ring.
1: Location manager. Sometimes assistant. You gotta look out for that. Uh,
0: now I've talked to Larry a lot about fantasy and he's actually the self-proclaimed greatest fantasy player with the worst luck. So on that note I would remind you that he is number nine. We both agree that's where he belongs. And now he's going to fall to a one and three. So in competition for that 10th spot, but saved by the bell. The bell, in this case, being the other very, very old father starting the inactive Rob Gronkowski. It's
1: a race to the bottom, Daniel.
0: It really is. Speaking of, let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Your team, Pigskin Skull Plaintiffs. Record of one and two. um, Seventh in my power rankings. And... uh,
1: I felt it was a little low, but carry Well,
0: win more games. What I'm most concerned by with your team and your management strategy, if you can call it that, is you took A.J. Brown in either the second or third round, uh, pretty much in line with his average draft position, universally agreed to be like top five, top eight, wide receiver so you took him he didn't perform the way you would like in the first two games he got hurt in the third game and then he was inactive this week not out for the season just inactive this week so you took him who you could easily have traded for any number of pieces and you just dropped him you dropped him but to be fair to you you had a good reason you wanted to pick up the Colts defense uh so you needed to make space in your lineup So you picked up the Colts defense who uh, came racing in with 13 points for you. And uh, let's see here. You also are holding the 49ers defense on your roster. So you didn't want a top five wide receiver. You wanted two defenses. So I just wanted to give you this opportunity to explain why you would do something that literally seems uh, less explicable than starting the inactive Rob Gronkowski.
1: Look, Daniel, the experts can say what they want to say. At the end of the day, they don't know anything. All right, they're guessing, and they're wrong constantly. And I'm not going to be beholden to them. A.J. Brown is going to be a non-starter. I'm telling you, the rest of the season, he's going to be nothing. All right, so he was disappointing me. I was sick of him. I needed to pick up a defense because the 49ers suck. And... The 49ers have had a tough schedule. They're, ske- they're going to do better. I didn't want to drop them, but AJ Brown is is nothing to me. I would drop Saquon Barkley. You know. All
0: right. Well, I would drop Saquon Barkley too because he's a poison. But uh, even AJ if you Brown's hate him, following. even if you hate him, knowing that you could get something for him, for instance, uh, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Buccaneers, defenses that are regarded as the best defenses in the league. Anyone in this league would easily have traded them to you for AJ Brown.
1: Yeah. Didn't Why you? didn't you
0: want to take that route?
1: Well, I know that you have lots of time in the day. You kind of hang out. You sleep in. I'm kind of working a nine, more like an eight to seven thirty job. I got a commute. I don't have time to negotiate with someone right now to figure out who they're gonna give me for this this dude. You and know, I'm just gonna drop him and I'm gonna pick up the team I need because I don't have the time to search. I knew I needed a good defense. The Colts did exactly what I needed them to do, and that's it.
0: I think that covers Pickskin Skull Plaintiffs and gives us the perfect opportunity to go back to a matchup we discussed earlier, Fertile Oxygenarians versus Magic Grits. We already covered Fertile Oxygenarians, managed by one Stephen Bonnewell, the London man. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, the side most likely to win Magic Grits, sitting at number three in my power rankings, though likely to move up due to a recent acquisition. Um, Magic Grits, managed by Anthony Jadick. How do we know Anthony, and how did he make it in this league?
1: So Anthony is another UVA Law grad. Uh, he's a friend I made through Blackstone, and he is actually the coolest person on the team in the league. he um, I believe he flew cargo planes for the Air Force? Something like that. That's correct. So you know we're all thank you for your service. Um, we're all very lucky to have Anthony in our league and honestly it's I hate to say it because I, I think he's a he's a contender for for a championship. He, he clearly knows what he's doing. He's got deep knowledge and he's got the time. I don't know about the time but he's got the work ethic and it shows by you know the people on his team.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Magic Grits has on his team three incredible wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. Brown. Hard to believe all three of those top five receivers could end up on the same team, along with Keenan Allen, not to mention. It will certainly be hard to outreceive receive Anthony. Um, I... Uh, I'm a big fan of Anthony because he takes fantasy football very seriously. Part of the reason why he's a contender. He could be a contender for High Scorer of the Week this week. He already has put up 155 points, and he still has Keenan Allen and Daniel Carlson left to go. Jeez. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but certainly a contender. Before we polish off the podcast for the week... I would like to uh, take a brief moment to completely ruin the levity of the show and uh, just say uh, all of you law school folk and non-law school folk have been great um, through the course of August as Callie and I have had an immensely interesting and challenging month. Well, Callie has. I was asleep for most of it. But uh, thank you guys so much for all of your support. And uh, this past week, we received a wonderful uh, arrangement of flowers from a number of our UVA Law friends. Uh, uh, Act, I believe, was coordinated by Nick Rogers. And Callie and I both wanted to just say thank you guys so much for the flowers. We've been keeping them within our room. We love to have them and the card. And uh, just, you know, thank you guys so much. Uh, for all your support. I'm sorry for all the mean things that I've said about you guys as fantasy managers and that I will continue to say for the rest of the year, but we really do appreciate it. It means so much.
1: And uh, Stephen Bennett, Cameron, Dad, thanks for nothing.
0: Now for everyone's favorite segment, Kingdom Corner. This week in Chiefs Kingdom, the Chiefs finally got off the schneid, vanquishing the Philadelphia Eagles with a final score of 42-30. to 30. Um, I continue to be extremely optimistic about the Chiefs' future. After all, it is the greatest offense in the NFL. Uh, they will win another Super Bowl this year, and it will be fun to watch. My biggest takeaway from this game, however, and Eagles fans might want to just stop listening now, uh, is that the Chiefs defense gave up 30 points to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Not a great look. I continue to be very concerned with their defense. They, you know, we've always known the Chiefs can't stop the run, but now they also can't stop the pass, and that's probably not going to be ideal as the season progresses they'll win a lot of games i'm hoping that they can get stefan gilmore in their secondary i doubt they have that kind of cap space but hey maybe at this point winning a super bowl is more important to him than money we'll find out also josh gordon is coming to the team and that should be awesome i'm very excited to see gordon's performance this sunday and uh Yeah, that's about it for Kingdom Corner. Thank you all again for listening, and I hope you have an excellent week, and I wish none of you well in fantasy this weekend.